Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Good morning, welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we have the outstanding Pat Slattery. Thank you, it's, it's great to be here with you. <laughs> so to give a bit of background, well, I suppose, well let's, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, well, I suppose to introduce myself, a bit of background. Um, when we ask about background, do we want to know what I do now or do we want to know what... Well, yeah, what, let's start with what you do now. So what would people know you for? Well, look, what I do now really is, is I support people in, in living their dreams of going after their goals, the things that they want to achieve in life. And, uh, and I support them to help them get to where, whatever it is, whatever that means for them. Okay. And, uh, and I use systems that I've uh, developed over 25 years that helps people and allows people to see what they want in their life and how to get there. Wow, okay. How I do that, I, I tend to speak a lot of seminars, I do a lot of talks all over the world and I work with some of the greatest minds in the world within the, the business and professional uh, development industry. Um, I have been blessed to, to network with a lot of the greatest minds in the world with people who really get it, who've, who've committed their life to this industry, sure, and uh, and I guess for me right now, it's uh, I more or less have committed my life to this industry, to learning more, to teaching more, to supporting people, and and I've spent well over twenty five years doing this. Yeah, so this is something I'm, I'm very much engrossed in, something I'm fascinated by, something I absolutely love doing, and the, the reward of seeing the results that people get. Wow, okay. You know, and now this is secondary to my family, of course, because my family time has become more important. Mm-hmm. Because I do understand when it comes to life that most people are out there killing themselves on the treadmill. You know, there are a lot of people out there looking to, to follow their dreams, to follow their goals, and committing an awful lot of their life chasing the dream, mm-hmm. but very few people getting to live it. And for me, it's important that I share people how to do as I do, okay. rather than what I say. So the systems I've developed, I use myself, which means at the moment, currently, at my, at, well, actually at my max, at my absolute maximum, I will probably work 10 days a month. The rest of that time I spend enjoying my life with my family. Okay. Because I've come to realize the difference between quantity and quality. Okay. And for most people I've ever met, they spend a lot of their time trying to fit quality time into their life, mm-hmm. whereas they put quantity time into what they do for a living. Okay. And what we really want to happen is that people understand, if we put quality time into what we do for a living, you'll have quantity time in your life to enjoy it. Reap the rewards wow. of the work and the efforts that you put in. Yeah. Right? So that's effectively what, what I do now. Um, is I support people to get there to, to realize whatever it is for them hmm. and then I help them and use strategies and principles and get them to where they're at and uh, and enjoy life you know and maybe maybe make a little a few uh, a few quid along the way too right? hmm. to understand that you don't have to sacrifice one for the other sure you know and you know we often ask how much is enough I mean hmm. that's up to you to decide it's up to every individual sure. there's there's no judgment there should never be judgment in terms of how much is enough for you hmm. what you decide to do whatever you earn is entirely up to you but you know what 
I've never ever met anyone and I've met a lot of people over the years who, who have lost loved ones mm. people who, who have been through illnesses and recently even recently enough I've met a guy who was in his 30s and uh, 18 months ago this guy was as he believed his fittest and healthiest ever he just started feeling unwell ended up going to a hospital to get checked out and told he'd probably be dead by Monday Oh, he had had a, a rare case, a uh, form of leukemia, and uh, it was gone into his bones and everything else. And mm-hmm. you know, and he thought, you know, something. When we talk about making it happen, when I had this conversation, so he's here with us eighteen months later. On a Friday, he was in the hospital, mm-hmm. and when the doctor came in and he asked, you know, he said, "What's the story with this?" And he said, "Actually, you won't see Monday." And he said and he was quite blunt, and then he said to his family, "We don't expect him to be here on a Monday." And he said, you know, you can imagine the shock that this guy got. And they put him, I think, over nine days, he had 23 sessions of chemotherapy, which is unheard of. He was put immediately on chemo, which, again, is unheard of. Hmm. But he said he had no choice because they didn't expect him to be where he, where he would be at. But he's still here to tell the story. And he said, it looks, oh, everything is looking wow. good at the moment. And he puts a lot of this down to mindset and understanding where he's at. But the one thing, when we had a conversation, and he said, you know what, Paddy said, when you say make it happen, because I think you know, for me, if I always say to people, the moment you, you moment you set your mind to a goal, mm-hmm. commit immediately to an action to commit you to that goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't put it under a long finger. Don't live a life of regret. Yeah. And and it, the one thing he did say, he said, when when I talk about making it happen, because he was at my talk, one of my talks last week, and he said, you'll never have to tell me a second time. Sure. Because we don't get a second chance in life. We got one chance. And we have one chance to live the life that we desire and to live the life that we deserve. Okay. So we have a choice. We can sit back hmm. and watch life pass you by or you can get involved in the process. And it doesn't matter to me how big your goal is. It doesn't matter what the dream is like, what it is you want to achieve. Hmm. You can sit back and you say, well, if I want to have X amount of stuff, mm-hmm. right, most people think they have to work really hard to have stuff. And I say stuff because... I, I think it was Robert Kiyosaki said to me many years ago, he said, Paddy said, if you keep buying stuff that you want without the right processes in place, you'll end up eventually having to sell the things that you need. Mm. So, you know, so when we, when we have to look at buying, and by the way, buying stuff is okay too, but you have to be at a level where you can afford to buy it without having to risk something else for it. But there's no point buying stuff without being able to enjoy it. Yeah. So when we start looking at life and we start thinking about the people who are important in our life, I've met a lot of people, as I suppose I began speaking about here, who, on their deathbed, are living a life with regret. Mm. Nobody I've ever met regrets spending more time in the office and not spending enough time in the office. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Most people regret you know, not being in touch with friends, sure. um, not being in touch with family, not spending more time with family, not following their dream of living the life that they want to live. And to me, that's very unfortunate because the reality is we don't mm. have to. Nobody has to do that. Mm. And there are principles and processes you can put in place that actually make it work for you, whatever whatever it means to you. Yeah. So when I start looking at my life, I think, you know what, I want to enjoy my life. Mm. And I want to decide for me what's best for me and do mm. what is best for me. And respectfully, what I choose for me has really got nothing to do with anybody else. And I unfortunately have met so many people over the years that don't follow their dream or do what they believe is best for them based on the fear about what would other people think. Does that stop so many people? Is that what it is? Is it the fear? 
Well, absolutely, because everybody, mm. you look, we're all people pleasers. Most people are people pleasers, sure. right? And everybody goes with the, with the crowd. And and, and, the, and the reality is the majority of people, we have been, uh, and in a sense, I suppose, we use the word brainwashed very loosely here, mm. but to be conformists. Most people conform, and, and to me, the greatest enemy, I think it was... Um, Norman Vincent Peel I was listening to many years ago yeah. and um, we were talking about conformity and the greatest enemy of man is conformity so how many people do you know that get up at the same time every morning do the same thing go in have a wash have a shave put on the shirt you know sit down have the breakfast yeah. go out the door get on the same train every single day mm. turn up into their we respectfully we call it their cubicle right, to mm-hmm. do their day's work mm. clock in clock out go home and conformity literally dumbs people down. Sure. Because what ha- here's what happens. Most people, when they start looking around, they think, you know, what do we need to do? I mean, mm. when I was growing up, I aspired just to get a job. I, I mm. imagine my, my dream as a kid was to become a conformist. <laughs> I want to do what everybody else does. I want to get a job. I want to sure. have a, a good job where I can get a pension and have a home and do all this kind of stuff. And unfortunately, that's, that's just conformity at its best. Whereas now that I understand more, I want to do more, be more, have more. That doesn't mean mm. that we haven't suffered in our, in, in our lives or we didn't go through tough times. Of course we do. Everybody does. But you just keep going regardless. You just find your way through. You keep focused on the vision, the dream, and you start living your life. Sure. Now I choose every single day what I do in my life. I choose how I feel, by the way. I choose today to be happy, and I choose to be mm. happy every single day. And I absolutely choose to be outstanding. As you introduced me as the outstanding past lottery, and mm-hmm. I said this, not being egotistical, I truly believe I am, therefore I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone, by the way. Mm. I'm not even trying to prove it to myself. I just accept that I am. Sure. And, you know, as your people are listening, your listeners are listening here, they need to understand this too. That's their choice, whatever they choose to be. Mm. I don't have to run out and tell everybody and introduce myself as the outstanding Pat Slattery. Yeah. I just know it and I behave that way and I mm-hmm. think that way all of the time. Sure. Therefore I am. Mm-hmm. And when you're meeting with people and, and people think, well, that's all eerie, fairy stuff, it's all nonsense. Well, well, what other choice is there then? Mm. So we can choose to be ordinary, to be a conformist, to be normal. Like, who wants to be normal in this world, right? Sure. People often say, you know, Pat, you're a little bit crazy. I'm sure you hear this too, Pete. People say, mm-hmm. you're off your head, Pete. You're, you're crazy, you're mad, you're all this, right? Well, great, because I certainly don't want to be normal because normal sure. is conforming. Right, and let me say this to you, and majority of people, not saying all people by the way, mm. but the majority of people that I've met over the over the last twenty five years doing what I do, and I have and you notice I have met multiples and multiples of thousands of people. Mm. Well even into the hundreds of thousands of people sure. who come to our talks, who come to seminars. And you know what? Most of those people are dissatisfied with something. Mm. And they're dissatisfied with, with conforming to something that they're not happy with. They know there's more. There's more There's more they can be, do, and have in this world. And they're cherishing and want more. Yeah. They want to become better at something. They want to become more of something. And for whatever happens, we they allow society or a, a misconception or a belief or a condition that they've been programmed to believe be the truth get in the way of what it is that they truly desire to have. True. So I see my role in life is, is to be a messenger for that to share it and if you want to pick it up and take the message and apply great if you don't that's okay too a messenger or a catalyst yeah and, uh, well a bit of both really mm. I mean look you know I, I don't want to be just somebody who's standing up spouting this I want to live it sure. right so you know as you know what I do is I share people I show people do as I do mm. and mm. maybe there are other people out there who want more than I have and that's okay too mm. you know I, not, I don't live my life by comparisons and I don't want anybody to live their life by comparisons sure. I just want the people to choose their outcomes, choose their life, choose mm-hmm. 
how they feel, because ultimately they can. Mm-hmm. You know, if we allow ourselves to switch off from the noise, right? Because everybody has an opinion, right? Every single person you meet will give you an opinion on what you should be doing, mm. how you could do things better. And the reality is, most of the people with those opinions are doing nothing that they're advising you to do yourself. Yep. Okay. So you have to sometimes step back and ask and look at these people who are giving you their opinions. I often say to people, you know. <laughs> Thank you, but you're entitled to your wrong opinions. <laughs> you know, because not everybody's opinion is right. Not everybody's opinion is right for you. And listen, I'm only sharing my opinions here today. You should sure. question what I'm saying too. Mm. You, know, you should question everything I'm saying and ask yourself, is this right for me? Is this what I believe in? Is this sure. what I want? But question it for you. Not, mm. Don't question it because you believe or you listen to what most people think to be the truth or because most people are conformists. And, and I mean that respectfully. Yeah. Right? Because... You know, I, I don't want people to feel that I'm challenging people. I just want people to realize where they're at and that there's more they can do, be, and have if they choose. Sure. Or it's much easier to go with the crowd, by the way. Hmm. There, are, there are thousands of scientific studies that show this, how people have been programmed to go with the crowd. Right? And, you know, I mean, how many, I'm sure there are times you were at a concert or a festival or something like that, and maybe your listeners are at something and they kind of sit there and they don't really get the musician, they're not really enjoying it. Mm. But as soon as they finish and everybody stands up and give them a standing ovation, they stand up and do the same, even though it didn't really happen because of conformance. Sure. Most people go up with the crowd. Yeah. So when we start looking at, we grow, as we're growing up, I mean, look, the school system is teaching people to prepare for jobs. It's not teaching people to prepare to go after their dreams or go after their goals or, mm. or to build their own business and build their own empire or maybe create their own legacy. It doesn't teach them that. You know, maybe there are a couple, a handful <coughs> of teachers who have their own personal opinion and they bring that to the classroom. Sure. But for the majority of times, it doesn't happen. I've, you know, I have four sons. Um, three of them have grown up, right, to, to adulthood. And I know from having conversations, I remember my eldest son going to meet with his... Um, career guidance teacher and he was talking about exams and and uh you know and you know look i've had a lot of successful businesses and i've mm-hmm. you know employed a lot of people over the years and uh he's talking to my son and he's, he's given him really given the right act in front of me in terms of what he should be doing he said you know you have to do this and you have to do that if you want to do this you have to do this if you want the job you have to do this and he kept pointing me and going, isn't that right, Mr. Slattery? Isn't that right? Isn't that right? You know, mm. he has to stay to school. He has to do this. And, and then eventually I said, I said, I need you to understand something here. I don't think you know my story. And I had to tell him my story because I left school at 14 years of age without that education. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and here he is literally ramming this down my son's throat that he, he will never survive. He will never succeed. It just won't happen. He has to do this. And I'm sitting there, and, and and he's using me, I suppose, as as a a stick to beat my son with, mm-hmm. without realizing I'd never done any of the things he was, he was talking about. <laughs> Careful which stick you pick. Yeah, and and look, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful to him. His intention was good. Sure. Right. His intention was good, but unfortunately, it was nowhere in tune with where my son wanted to be and what my son wants to do with his mm. life. Okay, and. I'm, I'm a firm believer. I, I don't get in the way of what they choose and want to be and do and have. just want to support them as much as they possibly can and give them as much guidance if they reach out looking mm. for it. And this is the same with every single person you're going to meet. Somebody is listening to this podcast here today and they're thinking, I want more of life, but I don't know how sure. to do this. And I keep telling people, reach out. Reach out to people who, who believe in it and who reach out to people who are doing it. Don't reach out to conformists because they'll tell you, stay in your job. Stay doing what you're doing. Right, clock in, clock out, become a robot. 
right? And you know what? Get your two weeks holidays a year. The last week in August, first week in July, and you'll enjoy that and be happy with that. And if you're lucky, you'll get a few days off over Christmas and Easter. Mm-hmm. And most people are trying to fit their lives into the sure. time that they're given off, not the time that they've chosen. Now, then we meet people who go and become entrepreneurs. Mm. And they become entrepreneurs because they want more time. Sure. And they want to have a better life. Yet they never seem to get a holiday. They get no time off. Well, on that, I mean, what? Well, first of all, I suppose, I mean, Fran and Bally, had you heard of it before? Because obviously we've talked about this in the past. Yeah, when we spoke about your, your fire in the belly, I mean, it, mm. it, you know, to me, I love the concept. Mm. Love the idea of fire in the belly because it, everybody has a spark. Everybody has something there. Do you think you're born with it or do you think it's something that grows? Or Well, have you ever made a negative baby? <laughs> No, very true. Right? Yeah. Most babies will laugh if you take a little. True, sure, yeah, yeah. Most people, like, you look at you look at a baby. I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume that you were a baby one time too. Yeah, right? I was. And your listeners, I'm going to assume that they were babies at some stage. That's fair. Right? And at some stage in your life, for the majority of people, you know, they hit it around nine months old. Hmm. And they start getting up on their feet. Mm-hmm. Right? And they start to walk. And as they start to walk, guess what happens? Everybody gets excited, Right? So there's a message sent to that baby's brain to say, if I get up and walk, everybody gets excited. Mm. And as soon as, if anybody, any of your listeners here have had a kids, they'll understand this, because as soon as your child takes the first step, you get on the phone to everybody. Mm-hmm. Your in-laws, your outlaws, your friends, your uncles, your aunts, anybody that wants to listen to you, you tell them to celebrate about the child getting up to walk. Yeah. So what message is getting that is that child taking on board? If I get up and walk, mm. everybody, it's great, it's fun, celebration, because mm-hmm. I can't help but feel the energy. Sure. Right? Now, here's what happens after a while. Because you start worrying about will the child fall, they won't buy him a cage or what they call a playpen mm-hmm. and they cage them in. Or they get him a seat with a strap in it and tell him, sit yourself down there and be careful mm-hmm. or you fall. Mm-hmm. So now you're changing the program. So as they go on and then all of a sudden they go into the school system where they're told mm-hmm. to sit down, cross their arms and put their finger over their lips and only raise your hands if you have a question. You must raise your hand and wait to see if somebody answers. And you don't speak out of turn. Right, and you get in a line and you line up behind everybody in single mm. file, or maybe sometimes it's two by two, and everybody conforms in the same way. Mm-hmm. So, my opinion this is just my opinion everybody's born with fire in their belly. Everybody is born, when you think about it, you're born into life. Mm. You're born into life, and fire in the belly that's what it means to me. It's life. Wow, okay, love it. You know, and if somebody dampens out your fire, do you feel alive? Mm. So when you meet people, and, and I know you've met a lot of people, and we talk about mm. fire in the belly, you know, what you're trying to do here is reignite that fire. Mm-hmm. To light that spark again. And some of them have, you know, as you say, some of them have a, a little flicker, some of them have massive flames, some of them are born in the bonfire. Mm. Isn't it amazing the ones that have that level of fire in their belly, the bonfires are the ones that are out there doing it, seem to live a happier life in being, doing, having, whatever it is they choose. Sure. So at some point along the way, Somebody encouraged them to keep going. For those where that fire in the belly has been dampened down, somewhere along the way they have just been con- programmed to believe in conditions. So where I come from, you know how I grew up, mm. we were programmed to believe that people from where I come from will never amount to very much. Just give us a very quick background for the, the benefit of the listeners of, of yeah, your well, background. I mean, look, I, I grew up in a, a three-bedroom house, a three-bedroom council house, and I have nine brothers and six sisters. My dad at 42 years of age broke his back mm. and we had no such thing as compensation claims by then. Mm. So we, we, you know, my mum had a pe- my dad's pension of 71 pounds a week and that's what we were raised on. 
So we didn't have very, very much. We had very little treats. You know, we had very, very little money. We, you know, we didn't have the toys, the games that everybody else had. True. You know, there were certain things we had to go without. Now, when I say, when I tell my story, I, I want your listeners to understand, my story is not a, a sad story. But anyway, I had a great child. Mm. I loved grow. I have fantastic memories. Because the reality is we didn't mm. know. We, we didn't judge ourselves of having nothing. We just got on with life and enjoyed life. Sure. I made mean, great friends and great people. However, when you start going to school and you start going out into, into the world, if you like, mm. and you start looking at the world's perception of people who come from where you come from, because where I grew up, we had over 80% unemployment in a community with just over 6,000 people. Wow. So when you have that level of unemployment, you have, mm. you have other things that you have to manage, which are poverty, mm. um, you know, you, you have hunger, whether we realize it like it or not. I mean, not everybody had, had food on their table all day, every day. Not everybody could go to the fridge anytime they felt hungry. Not everybody could sure. go to the, to the press. That's the way life was. You know, and so when we start looking back at that, I remember growing up and, and having people, you know, looking for jobs and they would have to find somebody else at the other side of the city and ask them to use their address because the moment they put the address on where they came from, there was a, the society had an expectation that there may be a problem there. And I, and I've had this conversation with a lot of people and they say, no, mm. I didn't. I grew up in Limerick and they said, it's not really like that. Well, as you know, I, I went on to build mm-hmm. probably one of the largest security companies in the country within the event sector. And it was a point that every single doorman in Limerick worked for me. Yet, when I worked in a lot of these hotels and people booking functions or events or 21st or 40th or 50th or anything like that, it's amazing before they actually confirmed the booking particularly if they would pick the estates, and in particular where I grew up, mm. that they would call me first and ask me, do I know this person and would you think it would be okay to give them the room? Mm-hmm. Yet, when people on the other side of the city, I never got those calls, we were just told there was a function on, mm-hmm. right? So even those people, if we think we don't judge, we do judge, everybody judges, sure, sure. right? You know, we judge people by, by how we see them, by the perception, by what mm. we believe, by what society is, has allowed us to believe to be the truth. So we judge people in, in certain areas and where they come from or how they look. And, you know, when we live a life of judgment, we're, I, I believe we're getting in the way of being the best we can be. Sure. And But the, the biggest problem with that is, is the people who come from those areas mm-hmm. take on board what society believes to be the truth. And they're conditioned to believe that people like us, we don't amount to much, we don't have, they don't aspire. A lot of them, I mean, it's respectfully, a lot of them mm. don't aspire to go out there and get jobs. They don't think they're going to get employed, so therefore they start living a life on benefits. And you know, and, and I don't want to be disrespectful to people on benefits either, because I understand there are certain people who have to be there. Is and that nature? Is that na- sorry? Is that nature or nurture? Do you think? Is it yeah. which nature or nurture? Do you have a, a view on that? Well, you see, look, my, my opinion. I I I, I done a radio interview in Limerick one time, and <laughs> and it didn't go down too well, right? <laughs> because. When I was talking to the guy and, he, and we were talking about, you know, the the dole, if you like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he said, so he said, he says, what are your opinion of people on the dole? And I said, actually, my opinion of people on the dole is people on the dole are exceptional people. But the dole is the problem. And my opinion is that the dole should be, should be abolished. Okay. Right? There should be no dole. Now, I know there are people who listen to this and go, oh, he's touching on something heavy here. Mm. But the reality is the dole just creates more conformity. It dumbs people down because when people, because there are plenty of people on the dole, by the way, who want to work. Mm. 
And if you're if you're getting handouts all the time and the doll is a handout, whether we like it or not, it is there mm. to support people. We understand that, but it's a handout, and that just keeps people poor. It keeps them poor in their mindset. It mm-hmm. keeps them poor in their in their capabilities. Because the reality is, when you when you're given the doll and you don't have a reason to get out of bed in the morning, you have no sense of purpose in life. And once you okay. lose your sense of purpose, it's very difficult to actually want to be anything or to accept that anything is possible or anything is a possibility so my, my I don't mean that people shouldn't be taken care of but I I have a, just just my belief that there should be community schemes so people in the community who can't find work while they're looking for work then yes you pay them the, the money you do in the door but they work within their community to make the community right. a better place Okay. Right. because not only that it allows them to think differently about any situation it allows them to educate themselves more and education by the way for me is about experience it's about what they learn through the processes of what they're doing on a daily basis it's not about intellectual intelligence where you got to sit and study a book all day long right, okay. right? Mm-hmm. and answer and fill in a, a multiple choice question test at the end of it right? mm-hmm. this is about educating yourself by getting out meeting people learning more about people learning how what more you can do and so my opinion if we took away the doll and we put in community schemes the people work within the community there are plenty of elderly people who need work in their homes things help support to do stuff sure. you know and yes there are people in communities who do that but we want everybody to do that on a purpose with mm. purpose so imagine you know if you have a guy who's really good with his hands really good painter but can't find a job and you know after the year or two if you're going up there joining the door queue that becomes familiar mm. and when that becomes familiar it's very hard to be motivated or inspired to do something different sure. so we're damping people down that's the reality society is damping people down it's killing mm. that fire in the belly mm. but you imagine having people in the community going out there and they would walk down the street and they see the work and they get to know the people in their community again and, and some lady turns around and says oh there's Pete Lanton Pete done this for me. I'm so great. Thank you, Pete. And you're a great guy. You're a wonderful guy. Well, I don't care who you are. That feels really nice when somebody sure. recognizes something you've done for them to make their life better. Sure. That creates more of a sense of purpose. That lights that fire in the belly again. Mm. Now, that's at that scale. Yeah. But it's still the same for people who are already out there being entrepreneurial, who are being tested every single day. They're being tested by, you know, their wits have been tested. Their intelligence has been tested. Mm. Their, their will to keep going is being tested. Because society will say, oh, nine out of ten people fail. Nine out of ten businesses fail, yeah. right? And then normally somebody comes in with opinions and everybody has an opinion, right? Sure. So, you know, and unfortunately we get focused on the things that might go wrong. People are talking about Brexit at the moment. We're talking about recession back in 2009, 2010. There was a recession in the 80s that would never mm. want to recover. We understand <coughs> that times are hard. Mm. But you know what? We will only recognize them if we allow, we give up so much space in our mind for them. Sure. And the reality is, whatever you think about most is what you focus on. What you focus on is what you see. Mm. So when you start thinking about all the time, well, all the things that might go wrong for me, mm. and you, if you keep thinking that, then you're actually focused on whatever it is you're thinking about. And it's amazing how you kind of go, see, I knew it. Mm. I knew it would happen. <laughs> all of a sudden, the things that you expected, yeah. imagine the things that you expected turn up. Sure. Right? So what if you flip that on, on, on the flip side and you said, you know what, let me look at the possibilities here. Let me look at what can I do, what mm. can I achieve, what can I be, and how can I get involved in that process? What can I do more of? So the chances are you focus on the things that you want. And guess what might actually turn up? The thing that you expected. Sure. 
Right? So, in my opinion, there's too much focus on failure. There's too much focus on, on what can go wrong. Okay. Instead of focusing on, listen, you there's something phenomenal about you. There's something phenomenal, phenomenal mm. about every single person. Everybody has something of value to bring to the table. And people need to understand, when by, by showing up in life, by showing up with good tension, that mm. they're very, the very fact that they show up is making a difference. And yeah. it's making a positive difference and a positive impact. And when you do that, as a human being, your value increases. When you your value increases as a human being, the highest value and opportunities tend to show up. So allow yourself to believe just for a moment that things are possible. Allow yourself to believe that it's okay to enjoy your life. I met with somebody recently and they were talking about, you know, that she loves to buy nice clothes now. Because her background, where she came from, was very similar to mine, actually. Okay. I said, like, you know, sometimes I feel guilty about buying nice clothes or doing nice things. Mm. And he said, well, why do you feel guilty? And I don't know why it was the answer. But the Mm. reality is when we got down to it, the reason I felt guilty is because bought bought into that program that people like us who come from here don't have nice things. At least we shouldn't have. Mm. And we do, what are we doing? And and not only that, are we... Are we um, raising above our mark, as the uh, people often say, you know? Yeah. And if we do, then we, do we think we're better than the people where we come from, right? And the reality, that's not the reality. It just means it makes her feel wonderful if she buys nice, nice clothes. Sure. It makes you feel wonderful. I, I love nice things in life, right? Mm-hmm. I love going, like we're here in this, this lovely hotel, we had a lovely cup of coffee there a while ago, and mm-hmm. nice surroundings, and I like that. Mm. I'm actually okay with that, and I'm, and I'm okay with people doing that, and I love to see people do that. I love to see people if they want to go on a holiday, whatever it is that their dream is, whatever they want to be at, to go out there and to share it with the world. Sure. Because you're sharing possibilities here. Mm. People can see, if people see you do it, they can say, maybe I can do it too. Absolutely. You know, and, and then, again, using your term, you're, you're helping them light that fire in the belly again. Mm. Because when you know this, and everybody, everyone who's listening to this really knows this, they've had moments in their life where they've <laughs> and, mm. and to me, again, that's what the fire in the belly means. It's being alive. Yeah. And most people can do this for other people, but not themselves. Mm. And, and I often like it. I say to people, for anyone who's listening here, everybody here has a favorite sports team, mm. whether it's a rugby or a soccer or GAA or a hurling or American football or baseball. And everybody here, at some point in their life, are standing at the sideline and their team are coming close, coming close to scoring, coming close to winning a match. And all of a sudden, they jump around, they get so excited, they're on their toes, they're shouting, they're screaming like crazy people. Something they would never normally do. Mm. And in that moment, there's fire in the belly. Mm-hmm. In that one moment, there's fire in the belly. Yeah. And it's amazing that most people won't allow themselves to have that feeling for themselves. So dig deep, is what I say, and find that feeling. Celebrate your life, celebrate your wins. Talk to us about your journey. I mean, you, you know, there's a couple of things you said, you know, families become more important, what you do now. You know, there's a lot of things, obviously, you've got on a journey. Can you give us a bit of your journey? Oh, yeah. Well, I suppose we're going to take about six hours for that one. Right? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, look, for, for me, I mean, I grew up, as I said, with, with nine brothers and six sisters. We didn't have a, we didn't have a lot. Mm. We were, my, my mum sacrificed a lot for us, actually. When I, when I look back in life, I was asked to write a, a chapter for a book. I wrote a chapter for a book, Everyday Heroes, a couple okay. of years ago. Mm. And, um, and the guys asked me what I write about inspiration. Mm. And, you know, we're talking about my life and the things I've done and what I've achieved and the people I've worked with. And, you know, when, when I asked 
when you say inspiration, what what really? And I said, well, look, look at the people you work with. Talk about who who would ones that inspire you the most. Mm. And I started thinking about okay, we have Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and Bob Proctor, the guy, you know. And 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 as I really sat back and started thinking about this, I started going further back in my life. Mm. To you know, to the actually the real people that, that were my inspiration and the people that surrounded me growing up, sure. and and it really came down to the most inspirational person. And this may sound like a cliche for people, but you know what? The most ex- inspirational person in my life was my mum. Wow! And it took me a long. It took me. I mean, only talking a couple of years ago before I really realized mm. this, mm-hmm. because I look at what she has done, what she sacrificed for us. We where we lived. My mum would walk maybe twice a week. She would walk into the city, which is about four miles in or four miles out, so eight miles twice a week to go shopping because that 71 pounds she had, she needed to stretch that. To, and she had this desire mm. to make sure that all of her children were taken care of and all of her children were fed. And that desire was so strong that she didn't see a sacrifice in going in there she just done what she needed to do to fulfill that desire to make sure that her children were fed because she would walk that four miles because she could make her pounds stretch further because she could go to the larger shopping centres and the larger supermarkets where she could buy things at a a much more reasonable rate yeah right so so when I look at that and you know she could come home maybe twice a week with seven or eight full shopping bags with wow. messages with shopping and I often laugh now because I meet some people and they might jump out of the car in the garage and run in and get a handful of little things and start giving out that the bag is cutting their fingers right and you know there might be a couple of bottles of, of minerals and maybe mm. a litre of milk and a, and a loaf of bread or something in it and they're saying Jesus my fingers are sore from carrying that mm. from the from the garage to the car mm-hmm. and then when I look back and I see what my mum done and the, the miles that she put in, and no, no matter what the weather, and you know what, we her her goal was achieved because we mm. were always fed. We didn't go hungry. We yeah. never went hungry because of her desire, and we were oblivious to this. So when I look back and I think about inspiration, I kind of say, you know, if you can find that desire, mm. whatever desire it is for you that you have, the same at the same level that my mom had for us, then you will achieve whatever you need to achieve. You'll do whatever it takes. And when you have to dig, and, and you know, this is why I love the term, you have to find that fire in your belly. Mm. You, can't, you can't go to Aldi or the local mm-hmm. garage and buy it. Nobody can give it to you. I can't give it to you today. Mm. Maybe something we share, maybe something will come from your, your podcast that might inspire people to look mm. for it a little bit deeper. Knowing what you know now, I mean, how do you help people to look for that or, you know, inspire people? You know, because we talked a lot about the you know, young people as well, but, you know, what what can you do? I mean, how how do you set about doing it? Well, uh, first thing you do is I listen, and and I listen to people's stories and where they're at and where they really want to be, because and I listen with intent, because unfortunately most people li- listen with the intention of responding, okay. therefore they're not really listening. So when somebody wants to share their story, I pay attention, and if I don't hear enough of the story, I ask questions. I ask them to tell me a little bit more. And I ask them to describe the, their life or describe what their, their, the things that they want. Um, maybe explain a little bit about how they think they're going to get there. And by asking questions, rather than me lecturing people, I allow people to dig deep and find out within themselves. And when you can dig deep and find the answers within yourself, you take ownership. Mm. And it's only when you take ownership that you will really, really move forward in life. Mm. And we live in the information age, right? Where information, we can pick up a phone now and, and get a the answer to any question you want. 
I don't think there's a single question in the world that we won't get an answer to if we Google it. Mm-hmm. So now that we're in the information age, how come people are still not doing it? Because they haven't taken ownership. Okay. Right? And the only way we can take ownership is for us to dig deep and find in that fire in the belly. And when we do this, we have to get our minds around the process of thinking more about the things we want. Mm. I think I listened to, I think it was Terry Crews speaking, and he said, listen, life is a fight for territory. The moment you stop fighting for the things that you want, Mm. the things that you don't want usually turn up. (laughs) So you've got to ask yourself, and the people who are listening to this podcast, you have to ask themselves, are you looking for the things that you don't want or have you stopped fighting for the things that you do want? Mm. And if the things that you don't want keep turning up in your life, you have to honestly sit back and say, what am I thinking about a lot? What am I focused on? Mm. What choices am I making? Because every time you make a choice, you're choosing a consequence, you're choosing an outcome. Every action you take is a choice. People keep saying to me, I had no choice. Mm. Well, you did. Or some, what happens, most people choose the easy way, but they believe it's the easy way, or most people choose the shortcut, mm. only later on to discover there's no such thing. Mm. And, you know, I, I remember having a conversation with my 18-year-old son a couple of years ago, and we were talking about different things and challenges, and I said, listen, here's the, here's the thing you've got to realise. Every individual, every human being, when they hit around six years old, they've discovered the difference between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. They know what's right and what's wrong. We've all seen a little six-year-old steal the chocolate out of the fridge and pretend it wasn't them because mm-hmm. they're waiting to be scolded for it because they know it's wrong. They know if they, if they speak wrong to people or do something dishonest, they know it's wrong. At sure. that stage, you've discovered it. So as we get older in life, what has happened is most people try and discover ways of how they can cheat that. Right? Because they still look for the shortcut. Mm-hmm. And we make choices based on the shortcuts. And this is why people look for the get-rich-quick Right, they, they because they want the shortcut. I mean, somebody comes along and promises them something that you know seems too good to be true. Well, chances are it's too good to be true. Mm. And but however, their logical brain doesn't kick in. Their emotional brain is getting in the way because it says, "I just want to do this," and they choose the shortcut. Yeah. Or maybe they choose to procrastinate, and they wonder why things aren't happening. And people keep saying to me, "I'm a procrastinator," and I said, "No, you're not. You just make bad choices." Mm. And if you do, and, and the other side of that is, a lot of people create activity, and it's just activity to find feel like they're actually doing something, but they're not getting the, the rewards for the amount of activity that they feel they're putting in, mm. because they're choosing activity that really, you know, doesn't, it's not going to get them any closer to their goals. Why does that happen, that, that sort of parting is such, you know, knowing what you should do and knowing what you could do, and... Well, no, that's a million dollar question. Mm. I believe, again, it's back to conformity. Okay. Because here's what happens. In most people you meet, you go, oh, how are things? Are you busy? Up the walls. <laughs> right? So mm. the assumption is everybody feels they have to be busy. Okay. So if they feel like they're doing nothing, and you know the people say, oh, I can't sit around and do nothing. I have to do something. Mm. So you get in the habit of doing the easy stuff first. Okay. Things that are just simple to do, <coughs> and you start doing stuff. Right? I've seen people who, you know, get up and they start cleaning their office or cleaning their home and stuff because they want to have to do something. Mm. But the reality is, I don't think you ever said one of your goals is not that you have the most cleanest house in the neighborhood. Mm. 
right? So the question you have to ask yourself is, look at all your current activity, and does your current activity equal your future goals? And chances are it doesn't. So that means you're choosing activity that doesn't equal your goals. Mm. Now, the reason I believe we do that is because that's what most people do. So most people, when they don't know what to do, look around to see what everybody else is doing and do the same. Okay. And that's why most people are dissatisfied or not successful at what they want to become successful at. Mm. And it's the same in business. When people feel stuck in business, they tend to look around to see what everybody else is doing and do the same. And that's why nine out of ten businesses are not successful. You have to find mm. something different about you. You have to find your reasons why people want to do business with you. You have to find reasons why people want to communicate with you, why they want to be in your company. And the best way to do that is finding that fire in the belly, right? Because people mm. do business with people they like and trust. Okay. People buy the best known products, not necessarily the best products. Mm. Right? So people buy into people who are popular. They buy into people who seem to be having it on, to be doing it. Sure. And, and, and most people aspire to do that. But what do they do in order to get there is they join the queue. Instead of just doing it, they choose to say, okay, I will learn a bit more, I'll spend a bit more time, I'll choose it, I need to do this first. And normally the thing they need to do first really is another activity that doesn't equal their future goals. Mm. Because they tend to look at what other people are doing. So we're back to conformity again. I better keep my job until I get myself to that stage where I can afford to leave my job. Sure. So I can do the thing that I've always dreamed about. So when you're in the job, you find that, well, I don't have enough money at the end of my week to do the thing you want, so I better do a little bit of overtime. Hmm. I have to do more, and all of a sudden you find yourself with no time. Sure. Right? Now that's just one example. And, I, and again, I don't want to be disrespectful because I do understand that there are people who, who need to be in that space. And that's and, and if that's what they aspire to be, that's okay, by the way. Sure. It doesn't mean the whole. It doesn't mean the whole world has to be entrepreneurs or they have to be out there succeeding. Mm. But I do believe everybody needs to be able to live their life, and everybody needs to be able to enjoy their life. Okay. And you know, somebody asked me um, recently, "What is it that people want in 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 all the years and what I'm doing? What is it that people want? Do people want money or do they want what is it that they want more of?" Mm. And I've discovered money is not the motivating factor. By the way. A lot of people are chasing it. Most people want life. Mm. They want a better life. Because I've met a lot of people who've made a lot of money. And they want more life. <laughs> so we could go back and look at the pursuit of happiness. Because ultimately, mm. I think that's what it is that everybody wants. They want happiness. They want to feel happy. They want to feel happy in life. So if you want to feel happy in life, then choose to be happy. Mm. Love life. Where do you get your best ideas? From people like you. <laughs> the people I meet every day. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I, I do a lot of, of live videos and I do, do a lot of advice. And the reality is, mm. that is the truth. Somebody asked me, they ironically asked me mm. one day, so Pat, where do you get your inspiration from? And the truth is, I get my inspiration from the people I meet every day, mm. not from the people who are are out there, you know, who are on stage or people who are glorified or maybe the, the actors sure. or the, the people in the movies. I get my ideas from the people I meet because you know mm. what. The questions that have been asked from the people you meet are the questions that have been asked from most people. Mm. So the ideas I get is how my my job for me, my belief for me is I'm here to serve more people, mm. and I serve them by allowing them 
maybe to listen to what I say. There's something I say sparks them to think a little bit differently about mm. whatever their situation is like, whatever whatever area they're at in their life. And I can imagine and I can come up with all these ideas of what I think people are looking for. Sure. But if I listen to the questions I've been asked from everybody and most people I meet on a daily basis, then that's where I get my ideas from because they're the answers mm. that people are looking for. They're not looking for what I think they should know. They're looking for the answers for themselves. And uh, and I mean this again in, in, in the the most respectful way people have to understand that every single person you meet every single person you meet really only has their own interests at heart they only want to know what's in it for me so when I listen to that and by the way I get a lot out of what I do I mean I make a lot of money doing what I do I get paid really well for what I do and I love doing what I'm doing sure. but what I get most out of this is the feeling that I'm doing and I'm living my dream that I'm helping people I'm supporting people and I'm making a difference if and, and that's what's more, that's my driving force, by the way, mm. is making a difference. If I felt I wasn't making a difference, I would probably change what I'm doing. Sure. Because I'd be getting nothing from it. So, yes, I love doing what I'm doing. And when I stand up to speak at a seminar, I feel absolutely outstanding when I come off that stage. I feel amazing. Mm. Because I can look into that audience and I will always pick... I can see in some people's eyes, I can see in a moment where that shift has happened, mm. where they've thought about something, but I've said something and sparked them, a thought in their mind that sees the possibility of who they are. And I've been blessed. I'm 48 years old and I've been blessed that I've had a lot of people come to me and share with me that what they've taken away from myself, what it has done, how it has impacted their life wow. in a positive way. And that's what's my driving force. And that's mm. what I'm getting out of it, by the way. So I also know when somebody comes to me with a question, they're only interested in what the answer can do for them. Sure. They're not really interested in how it's going to serve society. They're, they're interested at from an information thing, mm. and an intelligence, I suppose, um, point of view, but not necessarily for themselves. Sure. Everybody is an enlightened self-interest. They want to know how can they be more, do more, have more in life. And that's okay, by the way. Mm. What do you see as your legacy? I mean, maybe a bit early in life, but do you, do you have a legacy or...? Oh, well, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I, I have I have this little photograph I actually put up on Facebook one day, a little sign that says, I want to be in a place where somebody comes up to me and says, because of you, I didn't give in. And I want that to be here long after I'm gone. That the information that I share, the knowledge I share, the, the I suppose, the inspiration, mm. the tools, the strategies that they'll be used long after I'm gone to change mm. people, to give people an opportunity because mm. I know what it was like. I know what it was like to grow up in that environment where there was no expectation for you to ever to amount to anything. Sure. I, I feel it. I know what, I know exactly how a person mm. thinks and feels when they're in that situation. And the reality is I've also discovered it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. I have met people who've grown up in homes of billionaires and they've come back to me and they're lost mm. because they haven't got an idea what it is they want to do or what they want to feel and be in their lives. And they don't allow them because there's an expectation that yeah. if people from a certain society must behave in a certain way. So again, we're back mm. to society creating mm. an expectation and people conforming to society's expectation. Sure. And believing, and, and unfortunately it becomes a belief. Mm. And, if, and, and once you take it on board and you focus on it, then that belief gets reinforced. And then when you walk back into society, you get social proof because of some, most people you meet will tell you, well, by the way, people like you, 
Well, where you come from, that's quite shouldn't something. be or people mm. like you. You shouldn't behave that way. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't say that. No, you shouldn't be able to do that because you know people like us don't do that. Mm. But there are no rules here, guys. You have to make your own rules in life. But one thing I will say to people is choose to be happy. Mm. Choose to be the best you can be. Mm. And when you do that, you operate from your highest value and the highest value opportunities will always come your way. And anybody can do it. I don't care what their circumstances, what their background is, what age they are. Doesn't make a difference. Mm. Be the best you can be. What would you say to your, your younger self? Well done. Well. Keep doing what you're doing. Mm. And, you know, because I'm blessed that I, I was quite young when I got into this space, I guess, you know. And um, I probably would just tell myself, do more. Mm. <laughs> you know, do more. Do more means live more. Uh, you know, I did do it the hard way. Look, me under no illusion, I worked 20 hours a day and, you know, I lost some businesses that I worked half my life to try and build. Mm. You know, uh, you know, I, I lost relationships. I fell out with some people, you know. I mean, you know, I, I would just say, be the best you can be. Sure. That's all you can be. And that's the only advice I would give my, I give my younger self. Mm. It's a beautiful place to be. Absolutely. Do you like yourself? Love yourself? I absolutely love myself. <laughs> Great. And, and not in an egotistical way. Sure. I believe I believe what I'm doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm doing for good. I feel it, by the way. I feel alive because of it. You know, and, you know, we, we know we, we all want to go out and, and throw mm. our arms around the world and hug the world. But not everybody is ready, and that's okay. Sure. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to play my part. And if I go out there, I can only love me. That's all I can do, actually, is love me. And if I love me, it's not that people will love me. I'm not looking for people to love me. Sure. I'm just looking to feel it so they can love themselves. And if they can love themselves, they can love me as well. That's easy. Perfect. Yeah, so I absolutely love myself, no question. Two final things. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, one, what's coming up for you? And two, how can people reach out and, and get in touch with you? Well, people can reach out. Just drop my email is the best or using social media. You Google, sure. you Google Pat Slattery, you'll find me. Mm -hmm. right? um, you know, or drop an email to pat at patslattery.com sure. if you have a question. Brilliant. But if you are, you know, drop just drop in and say hi. And let's see mm. what happens. Right? Sure. I say to people, connect with us. Come, you know, come along. You know, I do a lot of seminars and I mm -hmm. organize seminars and speak at seminars. And you know, and I said to people, reach out if you think there's something we can do for you. Reach out, mm. reach out, but, but turn up. Mm. Turn up to one of our talks. Turn up and, and start surrounding yourself with like-minded people because that, that's what we bring to to the room for us. You know, um, and, and they're not only they support each other. It's just an incredible energy that's in the room at these seminars. Sure. And, uh, and don't buy into any other reason why somebody tells you you shouldn't be there. Mm. You know, it's. You know, people people have opinions all the time. And again, as I remind you, people are entitled to their wrong opinions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> make your own mind up. Make your own decisions. Sure. You have the freedom and the ability to do that. So for me, much more of the same. My book will be coming out very, very soon. Okay. Uh, and probably a series of books. And I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. Only mm -hmm. if I'm just going to do it more. And uh, I just want to reach out to as many people as I can possibly reach out to. I have a message to share. I have an obligation to share it. I mm. believe I have a moral obligation to share it. I believe it's no longer mine. I don't own it. I need to get it out to as many people so somebody maybe inspire somebody else to share it with somebody else that makes a change and makes a difference in their lives. And when you asked about the legacy, you know what? I believe I'm living part of my legacy right now. Sure. In, in a way because I know 
that I have made difference in certain people's lives and insp- inspired people to change mm. that have gone far beyond what I'll ever see and the people I will ever meet. Mm. So it's already happening. And that's I don't need somebody to come along and clap me on the back and tell me. I know what's happening. And and this is why I encourage your, your listeners here to do the same. That when you meet, whoever you meet, make sure that when they walk away from you that they're feeling an awful lot better as a person from meeting you than they did before they met you. Yeah. And that will that creates that knock-on effect. This is the paid-forward process. Mm. I don't need to see them all. I don't need to know. I just know. Mm. So therefore, I trust what I'm doing is the right thing to do, and I'm just going to keep doing it. Of all the people you've met, I mean, or, or someone listening to this, you know, is there any sage words of advice in terms of books that you would read or people you'd follow or things to do? Or Yeah, well, there, are, there are many, to be honest with you. Um, but what, I mean, one of the books in, it, happens, it does happen to be written by my partner that mm. I highly recommend. It's called The Confidence to Succeed okay. by Donna Kennedy. And it's a tremendous book because it actually prompts people to think for themselves. It's not okay. just about reading. And there's a couple of exercises in there that bring people through different strategies. And it, it works for all walks of life. It doesn't matter where you're at. It's a, mm. The principles are the same. So it's a fantastic book. I um, highly recommend that book. And one of my favorite books of all time is a book called Who Moved My Cheese by Dr. Spencer Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple read, but there's a great message in there if people allow themselves to get that message. You know, I could give you dozens and dozens of books that I recommend, <laughs> but, but I would say those, if, if, if people take those two books and follow the principles in those books and get an understanding of it and then choose, and, and the most important thing again is choose to apply the sure. information you learn. This is about the application of knowledge. Knowledge is not power, it's the application of it is, that's powerful. Yeah. So choose to apply the knowledge that you're learning every day. Mm. And I can promise you, your life, you can be doing have anything you want. Yeah. Light that fire in the belly, right? Perfect. Pat, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for today. And uh, we look forward to hearing more from you soon. Pleasure of mine. Thank you. Thank Great you. See you later. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. Do you know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And by the way, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon, and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So, all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly, and be the mightiest version of you.